Welcome to Decoding Healthcare Research, a podcast by Agora Project. Join us as we delve into the behind-the-scenes world of groundbreaking research and the dynamic healthcare industry, interviewing top paper authors, engaging experts on industry-related topics, and exploring medical subjects that affect our daily lives. And now, your host, Dr. E.F. Rain. Welcome to Decoding Healthcare Research. I am your host, Efrain Riveros, Dr. Efrain. Today we are going to talk about a very important topic, uh, exercise and blood pressure. In order to focus and delve deeper into this particular topic, we have two special guests today, Dr. Jamie Edwards and Dr. Jamie O'Driscoll. They are researchers at the School of Psychology and Life Sciences in Canterbury Christ Church University in Kent, UK. We are going to be discussing a landmark paper that uh, was published in the British Medical Journal in 2023. The title of the paper is Exercise Training and Resting Blood Pressure, a Large-Scale Pairwise and Network Meta-Analysis of Randomized Controlled Trials. So first of all, uh, I want to thank my guests to be here with us and uh, welcome uh, Dr. O'Driscoll and Dr. Edwards. Many thanks for having us. We're pleased to be here. Yeah, thank you. We are going to start uh, introducing the topic of uh, exercise and, um, and blood pressure by a little bit of background. Uh, at least in the Western world, uh, high blood pressure, uh, we know is associated with a multitude of uh, comorbidities. And, um, uh, but uh, in my opinion, most of the efforts have been focused on uh, pharmacological treatments. But uh, definitely in terms of cost-effectiveness, adherence to treatment, non-pharmacological uh, approaches like exercise are, are critical. So my first question to you guys would be, uh, what motivated you to start doing research in this particular area? Okay, yeah, it's a very good question. Um, so around sort of 12 to 15 years ago, um, we were sort of gathering through literature and as, as exercise physiologists with, a, with an interest in cardiovascular health and adverse outcomes, we recognised that physical activity uh, was very high and that that is associated with an acceleration of cardiovascular disease and adverse events. Um, and when we delve into literature and sort of qualitative work, um, it was clear to see that lack of time, lack of knowledge, poor motivation were key drivers in why people weren't adhering to the guidelines that are presented for um, exercise training. And uh, so we went about trying to find new ways, new modalities where we could actually try and instruct our participants or individuals to basically change their lifestyle, improve their health parameters using something that might be more short and more holistic, which they could potentially perform in their home environment, in their office environment, or even on break at work. So they can actually try and get the benefits from um, exercise. Uh, so the two sort of modes we started to focus on were high intensity interval training and isometric exercise training. Um, historically, isometric exercise training was used um, by hand grip training. And we thought that, well, actually, that does the muscle mass have an impact or potential impact on the blood pressure reduction that we see? So we decided to change the mode at which that was delivered and using the, the wall squat technique. And through various iterations and research projects, we began to use the wall squat 
using a two minute hold with two minute recovery repeated four times. And we demonstrated that by doing this, we was able to significantly reduce blood pressure in those with optimal blood pressure and normal blood pressure. We then decided to say, well, actually, would this work in those participants who are a bit higher risk? So in a pre-hypertensive stage one hypertensives, um, and we did that. So we brought these people into the lab and we did what we called an isometric wall squat test. From that, we was able to prescribe an individualized knee joint angle for which participants can squat at. We gave them a device that they could take home and perform this exercise three times per week in the home environment for a four week period. And then we retested them for their blood pressure as well as other markers, including their heart health, some biomarkers for things like inflammation, as an example. And we demonstrated that even in that population, there was a more, there was a greater reduction in their blood pressure with some important uh, cardiovascular benefits as well, particularly associated with the heart muscle. And again, with, with that, we, we found that there's still a bit of a, an issue, a bit of a barrier with that form of activity where we needed people to come to our lab to undertake this incremental test to then be prescribed their knee joint angle. So we want to get isometrics to the wider population. We want all people around the world to take up this exercise because it has such an impact on their blood pressure. And so now we've just recently published um, this year um, a way of trying to prescribe wall squat exercise using rates of perceived exertion. So this is now a really, really exciting time that, you know, people in the home environment could read our paper, they could perform these wall squats, and they could hopefully have some improvements in their blood pressure, which may help other markers of their cardiovascular health. And I'm going to bring Jamie in um, here now because Jamie's just, just finishing up his um, PhD in this area. And... He's had a very big interest in the role of exercise as well for cardiovascular health. And he's just um, in the middle of completing some work in a higher risk population, which is really, really exciting and maybe good for your viewers as well. So I'll pass over to Jamie because he can speak a bit more about his project at the moment. Yeah, so, um, yeah, really the, the movement into the clinical population is... Um, obviously founded on the work that, that Jamie and others have done in the previous years. So, you know, like Jamie says, it's been established as pretty well, well and effective in, in pre-hypertensives, hypertensives. And so, you know, the logical step is, okay, how does this apply into clinical populations with more advanced disease? Um, potentially, or put, primarily those with a hypertensive etiology as well. So we looked at heart failure, and, and in particular, we looked at heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. Um, and historically, it's been obviously well established as a disease that um, is, is, has hypertension at its root, root cause um, in, in a lot of patients. And so, um, yeah, it was a one of the first times that isometrics in this context has ever been applied in a clinical setting like this. Um, and we, we found some promising results that, you know, the work is not completed as of yet, but um, it's um, looking very promising. And so we're really at, uh, like Jamie says, at an exciting time, a crucial time where the expansion from the kind of underground exercise mode that, you know, that there are some whispers that it might be quite effective for blood pressure to, okay, this is actually the, you know, most effective mode relative comparatively to other modes, including those traditional, as you mentioned, our traditional aerobic and resistance. Um, and this can potentially be expanded into some clinical populations who may, who knows at this point, but may receive, you know, 
the most benefit from this type of an intervention, especially when you start to think about things like adherence, which we know these types of clinical populations, particularly HEFPEF, really poor adherence to exercise, um, you know, very symptomatic patient population who struggle with, um, you know, shortness of breath and these types of things. So exercise is often the last thing on their list. Um, and so this is kind of an alternative to present to them potentially and say, um, you know, this is a way of improving your, your cardiovascular health um, in, in your own home. Um, and so, you know, particularly in HEFPEF, they are very, very limited therapeutic options. Even when it comes to medication, you know, the therapeutic options are a lot less than, the, the, you know, their heart failure reserved, uh, reduced ejection fraction counterparts. And so um, that, was, that was really where we took this work. Yeah, and I found very intriguing the fact that you are in your study, you are comparing different types of exercise. And as you mentioned, uh, some of these are not that um, cumbersome or difficult to perform at home. So it's, I think the value of your study is that it's highlighting the, the, the difference between different types of exercises. And uh, I guess my next question to you, focusing on this study in particular, is I see that it's a, like a, a combined type of methodology where you, you guys uh, use the uh, pairwise comparison and also uh, network meta-analysis. And uh, this, the use of, this, of these methodologies is, is relatively unique when you find it in the same paper. So my, my, my first question is, can you elaborate a little bit more about the methods that you use? in order to compare the different exercise modalities? Yeah, um, I, I'll, um, I, I, can, I can speak to that one. So um, really this work was originally structured as a pairwise analysis um, and then we moved into the network when we realized that was plausible and, and um, would produce more effective results. And so our entire aim was to be as transparent as possible. Here are the exercise training randomized controlled trials and their effects on resting blood pressure. And here, with a pairwise, with a network, with broad means, uh, you know, analysed by baseline resting blood pressure, here is how effective they are. So we're not coming in, you know, we're obviously from an isometric background, my PhD is isometric, Jamie's pushed this field forward, but it's been a, a case of, you know, let's put them up as equals against each other and let's see how they relatively compare. And obviously, um, you know, isometrics came out on top. So, you know, that, that, was, that was the third, first thing. Speaking to the, the, the specific methodology, um, the, the pairwise analysis is an approach that was used by uh, previous meta-analyses like Corneliuson and Smart in 2013, which was really a landmark meta-analysis um, without the network portion, which essentially um, informed current ESC guidelines, AHA guidelines for blood pressure management. Um, so if you read those guidelines, that that is the paper referred to, the, the review, the meta-analysis referred to in terms of their data. And so we, we wanted to kind of take a, a similar approach if the idea is to kind of update the current guidelines um, that that's, you know, follow the similar approach with, with the new data. And so the pairwise was performed essentially taking the, uh, you know, the, the pre and post intervention changes in blood pressure uh, with whatever intervention it is, aerobic, combined, resistance, isometric, or HIIT, um, and then comparing it up to the control groups in each study and then generating mean differences between them. And then when we realized the network was possible is when we obviously performed our search, we had our data extraction, we realized a lot of these studies had um, multiple groups um, with 
different interventions. So a study may have looked at aerobic as an intervention and had another arm that was resistance and also a control group. And so um, when, when that's plausible, then you can make direct comparisons, obviously, between aerobic and resistance. But that doesn't mean we can make a direct comparison then between, um, you know, isometrics and resistance. It's not there. But if there are enough of those indirect comparisons, obviously, for a network analysis, we can start to work out based on the differences between these modes in direct head to head trials. Uh, what is the indirect evidence? It, it informs that link that is missing right now um, that we don't have from direct head to head RCTs. And so um, really, that's what it was about is gathering the entire landscape and saying this is what it says right now. Um, and, and, and obviously, that's that's how, how it fared up. Isometrics was on top. Yeah, as you say, the, the guidelines, both in the US and in Europe, are heavily influenced by that meta-analysis and um, research projects that were conducted when exercise was, uh, uh, was limited to just aerobic exercise and uh, resistance training. Now, uh, there are a lot of research uh, with different modalities and you guys were able to to include those new modalities and that's uh, i think the the main value of your paper so going into the results part of your paper what did you find yeah so we found that obviously um if you're uh, sedentary or control group you don't get much change in your blood pressure which would be expected um a bit of a surprise finding was that um the high intense interval training which um you know come out as sort of the lowest mode for reducing blood pressure. Um, it was still important. It still reduced blood pressure by four millimeters of mercury systolic, um, two and a half millimeters of diastolic. So still a valuable way, or still a valuable mode of reducing blood pressure. And again, with that form of activity, you still get wider cardiovascular adaptations as well. So it's not just a blood pressure focus on, on that on that component. And we found that obviously the aerobic training come in next to that with the direct resistance training. And then obviously second to, to, to best was your combined training where you had the aerobic and, and the resistance training and still that coming at a, a, a very you know, good level of blood pressure reduction and around six and systolic blood pressure. Um, but with the isometrics, again, it, it wasn't really a surprise to us. We've had a lot of comments from people around saying, did, did these results surprise you? And it's, it was kind of like, no, because we've done some of the RCTs with the wall squat, and we see how much the blood pressure was reducing following this little four weeks training. And this is both clinic resting blood pressure, but also ambulatory blood pressure. It wasn't a huge surprise, but it was fantastic to see it come out on top. And it is our motivation to try and get these guidelines updated to try and show the population that, you know, it's not to replace what's already out there, but to actually complement what's there and to actually try and could, could this maybe improve people's adherence to exercise because they can change what they do each time? It gives them options. Um, would it make it more fun for them? And therefore, would that overall improve, improve their health? And that's kind of where we're leading our research at the moment now is to see, you know, if we jumble up these modes together, what is the outcome? Yeah, and, uh, and that's definitely... Uh... I would say surprising that, that you guys were able to find that. And um, one other thing that called my attention was the level of granularity that you used when it came to different types of exercise, in, part, in particular the isometric exercise. So you divided up 
the isometric exercise into different modalities. And that is uh, super important in practice because uh, now people know what type of exercise may be more beneficial. What, what, what can you say about that? Yeah, yeah um, that, that, is, that, is, that was exactly our thought going into it. You know, if, if you're going to provide an updated analysis, you need to be as specific as possible so that, you know, policymakers and so forth know what you're recommending. And a, a key example of that is, you know, aerobic training. If you just say aerobic training produces this response, it's really good to have that overall reduction. But then when you break it down into the differences between someone who's running and doing brisk walking, they're very different, you know, degrees of intensity and so forth. And so, um, you know, w when you are talking about applying those, you know, those changes in practice, how does that actually fare up if you just say aerobics? They're obviously very, very open. And so moving into isometrics specifically, um, that's exactly what we wanted to do. We knew the, the bulk of data was hand grip related. Um, hand grip is the, the mode of isometric training that's been most researched it's, it was the traditional mode it was really in this context for blood pressure it was the earliest data and, and the most the most well researched and obviously as jamie mentioned earlier when, when he moved in into the field of isometrics is when um the, the wall squat came forward and, and, and the hang uh, the leg extension was sort of alongside that um so providing those exact magnitude of changes is was was important to us particularly if you're talking about applying these we know the hand grip is slightly less effective effective nonetheless but it also applies to different people and different populations and so um, this actually brings back to, to, to the heart failure paper as part of my phd as well where um, there are certain populations or certain individuals within populations um, who could not perform a wall squat for instance it may you know that there may be particular differences we had a participant with single leg single leg amputation so of course hand grip is is an alternative for those types of populations and so forth so um being able to provide exact magnitudes of change per modality in individualized modality or secondary mode as we said in the paper it's really important for taking those wide scale findings and then applying them in in, in the real world to say okay, if you apply this protocol, you may see a reduction of, of, of this amount rather than kind of being more kind of loose and vague overall. That's true. And uh, what about the differential effect if you compare the effect of exercise on uh, normotensive patients as opposed to people who are already hypertense? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so we know that, um, and, we, and it's obviously been well established for years that um, exercise training is more effective for blood pressure in those with poor management in the first place, of course. Um, but being more specific, you know, we obviously needed to kind of do a, a sub analysis on this, and that's what we did. So we broke it down into um, uh, study groups with normal blood pressure ranges pre-hypertensive that 130 to 140 and this is again this is in accordance with the european guidelines um being obviously from the uk this, this is the guidelines we followed um and then a 140 and above as a hypertensive group um for systolic and um you know to, to no surprise really the hypertensive group saw the biggest reductions across all exercise modes without um without question um and a substantial amount i think if you the biggest um, or the greatest evidence for that was in the combined uh, 
group off the top of my head that analysis found a reduction of something like 11 systolic in um in in hypertensives and something like three or four systolic in um normotensives and so you know we know that's massive and so if your blood pressure is not good from the get-go you're more likely to elicit a bigger change following any type of exercise intervention um and and you know this is particularly true of isometrics as well and, and the secondary analysis shows that I see. And uh, if we come down to guidelines, because I think the the potential of this study to really impact the guidelines in Europe and the US is, is big. So what would be your recommendation uh, in terms of guidelines? What would you consider useful from your study to be included in those guidelines? Yeah, I think it's, it's really important that um, it's the fact that you could use these exercises as complementary activities for your cardiovascular health. I think performing isometric exercise, um, in fact, you get this pressure response. Do you get this? You know, is the is the blood pressure response to that activity um, potentially dangerous? Um, and in order to try and answer that, we have done um, some some work around the safety of isometric exercise. Um, and so, really, our, our group, as, as well as others, have actually demonstrated that isometrics is safe. That Actually, the, the adherence is better than um, that of aerobic training. We did a one-year study in a very, very small cohort, but we demonstrated that the adherence was more than 70%, which is, which is greater than most other modes that have been published. And so really, for, for the next guidelines, it's just to reiterate to the wider audience, to healthcare professionals who may be in, in a position to really prescribe this form of activity that we would like to pay for, but also they can combine this with what they're already doing, whether that's fast walking, whether that's jogging, whether that's more of a high intensity based activity, or you know whether it's just you're doing your dynamic resistance training with your continuous training, but actually you can bolt on a bit of the isometrics in there to really target your blood pressure if you see that as a potential um, sort of cardiovascular risk to really concentrate on. And I think that's also important is that we also see people who even are athletes, um, particularly masters athletes, who they're, they're, they're probably the fittest of their age group in the world, that some of these do have a bit of trouble with their blood pressure and it's, it's quite escalated. And as they're very healthy, they, 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 they don't want to take medication. Um, they're very opposed to it. They want to try and do something more physiological. But if they're doing a lot of work already, a lot of aerobic training, cycling, running, etc., it may be that isometrics bolted on may be a catalyst for reducing that blood pressure. And that's kind of really where we want to try and target this to say that it's complementary or not to replace it. But we think that due to the power of this form of activity for reducing blood pressure, let's, let's have a go. If, you're, if your healthcare professional would say you're safe to do so. Yeah, and that's uh, definitely of value. And, and I think uh, probably the guidelines are going to move in that direction for sure. So, and as we wrap up our conversation, what comes next in terms of research? So at the moment we're, um, Jamie and I have just been putting through an updated literature review, which we are hoping to publish very shortly. And within that review, we've um, included a lot of um, world leaders in the form of um, isometric exercise, but also we've, we've included some leaders in, in aerobic training and what's interesting is that until our meta-analysis were published um, they didn't even realize the power of isometrics and they're actually working as exercise scientists and you know they, they was unaware that this form of activity was that good so it was really an insight because we want to try and limit our bias 
where we have been really um, researching isometric exercise and high intensity interval training, we wanted to take a lot of our bias out of the work and make sure we've got critical review from other experts to say, you know, could you, you know, maybe pull us back a bit on where we think we're going with this or, you know, highlight areas where we could actually target for future. So at the moment, we're doing an updated review. Obviously, we've got Jamie's work, which is looking at, um, you know, a higher risk cardiovascular population, the heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. We're looking to you to move into um, uh, female health as well, um, with regards to hypertensive disorders of pregnancy, as well as preeclampsia. We see that young females, when they're pregnant and have preeclampsia, that you know their risk of cardiovascular disease later in life is substantial compared to those who have a normal pregnancy. And so, um, together with some other colleagues, we're looking to maybe see if isometrics during and or following pregnancy can actually help reduce their, their blood pressures and improve their cardiovascular health. And also um, those with, with chronic kidney disease. Um, we know that kidney disease is, is strongly associated with um, accelerated heart disease and is linked in there with um, high blood pressure and poor blood pressure control. And so that's another, another sort of area we'd like to try and target with our work to see does isometrics have a role in, in those populations because obviously physical activity again is, is, is very low. Um, and then what we are doing right now, one of the projects is looking at um, the impact of isometrics as a complementary mode. If you take away the time it is to perform isometrics and to replace that, so you're still doing this 150 minutes, is the, including the isometrics additive to improving that blood pressure with the participant also potentially gaining the improvements in their aerobic capacity, uh, blood lipids um, and body composition, for example. So that's kind of where we're heading now. Um, we've obviously had a, a, um, the idea to try and get a consensus document together to try and really um, impact what these um, the exercise guidelines. Excellent, and, and it's definitely exciting to see what's coming ahead. And um, and I think uh, the, this way we are coming to a close. And uh, first of all, thank you both of you for being with us. And uh, it's been very enlightening to hear directly from you about this important paper. And for our audience, um, the link to the paper is going to be found in the in the description of the of the video. And uh, with uh, with this, we we can say goodbye. Thank you, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Uh, Edwards and uh, Dr. O'Driscoll for joining us. And uh, I hope we we see you soon with this exciting research that you are conducting. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. If you enjoyed it, please don't forget to give us a thumbs up and share it with your friends and family. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and hit that notification bell so you never miss an episode. If you have any questions or thoughts about today's topic, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to leave your comments down below. For more information and references related to today's discussion, you can find them in the video description below. We appreciate your support and look forward to having you back for our next episode.